0: morning 739 News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. Uh, Merry Christmas if I haven't said it to you yet. Uh, Good to have you with us. Mike Wood is the public information officer for the Pensacola Police Department. Joins me every Thursday. Mike, welcome back to the show. Merry Christmas.
1: Merry Christmas. Good morning.
0: Good morning. So as you heard David mentioning in the uh, news uh, pretty much every half hour, we are currently searching for a missing 24-year-old woman who Uh, I guess she'd been in addiction treatment and uh, wandered off or got out and was trying to get in somebody's car and get away. And Isabel Lawson is her name, and we're concerned about her quite a bit. What do we know at this point?
1: Yeah, she's 24 years old, blonde hair, blue eyes. She's 5'11", about 120 pounds. And, uh, you know, we want to know where she's at. So her parents, they're they're desperate to find her. And uh, we have officers, investigators on the case uh, looking for her. So if anybody sees her, uh, or a female walking, uh, riding, that des- description like that, please give us a call. Uh, you know, if she's trying to um, uh, change the way she looks, she may cut her hair, but um, we need a, we need that phone call. The parents need the phone call. We just like to get a hold of her, find out where she's at, make sure she's okay.
0: And she was last seen in the vicinity of Cervantes, and where was the cross street-ish? 6th Avenue. The Sixth Avenue, K right there at 6th and Cervantes. Okay, right there. Okay, I got you. Very good. Um, I had been meaning to ask you this, and it's just been a couple weeks since you and I have talked, but I believe you have a semi-announcement. It's maybe a couple of days since it started, but uh, big news is the um, the shot spotter is installed. Is that right?
1: Yeah, it's finally up and running, and boy, have we been using it. In fact, the very first uh, activation that we had was uh, 10 shots fired um, over off of DeVillers, and we did not get one single phone call on it. So if we did not have that... Uh, shot spotter working. We would have never known that shooting or those shots were fired. Fortunately, oh, nobody was hurt in that incident. And we've had uh, we've had a few since then. One involved a teenager getting shot in the leg, and then uh, we have another one, uh, I believe it was on the night of the 23rd, where several shots were fired. Uh, there was a, a disturbance involving juveniles, but fortunately nobody was struck in that gunfire
0: either. So, uh, okay, so that's three incidents. And I mean, amazing that you had 10 shots fired and nobody called. But that's part of what you and I have talked about so many times is the value of this technology is not just the instantaneous dispatch and uh, the triangulation of the point of fire, the ability to recover evidence, the ability to get to the scene more rapidly, maybe catch somebody fleeing if they're in, in a car. But all of that, in addition to the fact that shots get fired and nobody reports it. Um, which, you know, is a problem. So you 10 shots fired, nobody called it in, but because we had Shot Spotter, you guys were able to show up and find out what happened. Do you know what happened in that case?
1: No, just besides the shots getting fired, we don't. But the thing about it is if 10 shots are fired and lots of people hear that and they're all thinking somebody else will call the police. I'm not going to worry about it. I don't want to get involved. And if everybody thought like that, then we could have somebody bleeding to death in the street uh, and no help is coming, so... Oh. Uh, so, fortunately, we have ShotSpotter up and running, and, um, and and we're glad to have it. It's certainly a long time overdue in Pensacola.
0: And, again, for people this, to whom this might be new information, uh, it does not mean the entire city. It's just these three particular square miles uh, that are covered by it, uh, mostly on the, what, central uh, Pensacola downtown area and toward the west side. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's correct. And this program can be upgraded to cover more area in the future, so it's really um, – uh it's endless as far as we, you know as far as what it can cover we just uh once the funds are available and the need is there, then we can expand it if we need to uh,
0: and you said just to follow up, the teen group of teens where they were had the gunshots fired uh were there any arrests in connection to that when you guys responded anything else about that incident you yeah. could tell us yeah
1: there was a yeah, there was a large crowd there uh they were not um listening where, where was to this at I'm sorry officers. where was
0: this
1: at it was um uh, tw- the 2,500 block of West Cervantes street. Gotcha. Uh, I think the place, I think it's a business called the vibe, but, uh, yeah, they were refusing commands and pepper spray had to be deployed. Hmm. Uh, and we ended up with one arrest. Fortunately, you know, most of them, mo- uh, most of the, uh, those involved ran from us, uh, when officers arrived.
0: Okay. I gotcha. And so you mentioned that there were three incidents. Is it just, I mean, I don't want to say just three in a week, but is it just been three in, in the week since it's been installed?
1: Um, I believe it's been three or four. I can't remember where the fourth one was, but I do know no injuries were involved in that one as well.
0: Wow. I mean, that's amazing. In the first week, we've got three of these. It's, I mean, terrible, but, you know, amazing. Um, We also had, uh, you guys had a chase that involved some juveniles, right?
1: Yeah, it uh, it involved a red Dodge Charger. It was driving recklessly. When the officer got behind it, it took off and eventually crashed out on Palafox near Cross Street. It was a pretty serious crash. It crashed into a... A white suburban fortunately the people in that vehicle uh were not injured seriously but um officers put a canine on the ground several were in the area and they were able to apprehend uh, i believe it was three individuals from the from the vehicle that fled from us
0: And any other information i mean uh, juveniles uh, guns drugs anything like that uh
1: i'm not completely sure on that on on what the what the final charges were okay
0: all right fair enough uh and you guys did a cool thing uh for christmas eve right
1: yeah, so Christmas Eve was busy in both good and bad ways for us. Uh, before the fourth year in a row, we went to Sacred Heart Children's Hospital uh, and, and lit the place up. Where well, there were probably 50 or 60 uh, emergency vehicles, from police cars, ambulances, fire trucks, were there, and we all turned them on at the same time at 5:30 that night. A lot of children were in the windows looking out and waving at us, and uh, you know they want to be anywhere but in the hospital on Christmas Eve. And hopefully, we brought some smiles to their faces. They certainly brought smiles to our faces. And, uh, and uh, again, it was the fourth year in a row. We love doing that on Christmas Eve. Um, and then unfortunately, right after that, an officer just left there and was vol- involved in a, in a pretty bad crash, um, on Maxwell at Hain street. Uh, he was hit by a drunk driver. So, Ugh.
0: um,
1: fortunately he, he's going to be okay. Uh, we lost to Tahoe in the internet, but the, the officer is going to be fine. And the other person that we charged with DUI was, uh, was not injured seriously.
0: Well, I Maxwell and Hain just like, on the way back to station. Is that kind of, I mean, that's awful. So I'm not sure exactly
1: where he was. I know he was headed westbound on Maxwell and then the the individual that was DUI was coming off of interstate 10 and just blew the stop sign and Mm. uh, the two vehicles collided.
0: Unbelievable. Wow. Well, I mean, mm, okay. I, I have a, you know me, you know, my brain's a little bit different. Um, and so I had this weird idea, because it's always struck me when we do the like light up the first responder lights at the hospital or whatever, there's one part of me that thinks, I hope that doesn't scare anybody <laughs> you know, at the hospital. And then I got to thinking, blue and red lights going off, was there, is there any, I don't even know what it would take, like physically take, but has anybody come up with the idea to take some kind of a translucent yellow plastic, covering and put it over the blue light so that you would actually get red and green lights? That's pretty deep. That's a good question. Um, You know what? You know what? I got
1: 12 months to figure that out.
0: You know, Christmas green. I don't know. It just occurred to me. You know, maybe it's not feasible. Maybe it's too cost prohibitive. I don't know. But that was my idea. So, uh, do with it what you will. You know, that's always the case. Uh, One of the things, obviously, that's coming fairly soon is the red light cameras. It just got first. Assuming City Council passes it on second reading, and I am assuming they will. um, We, you guys, put out a note uh, a week or two ago with all of the locations, mostly on Ninth Avenue, also on Fairfield, and then you know the one down on uh, Gregory Ninth. Do we have a date? When that's going to start happening, Of you guys started looking at equipment, made decisions, made purchases? I mean, I guess not purchases yet because it's not – but I don't know. You tell me, where are we at in this process?
1: Well, like you said, we have some logistical things that we've got to get through first, but um, our, we don't have a target date per se, but we do have – Uh, I can tell you, springtime, the first part of spring is something that we're we're hoping to get those cameras online by by that point.
0: Okay. All right. Very good. And um, one question that had come up over the last couple of days as I've been talking about this, people are asking me, in some municipalities, I guess, you're always going to get a photo uh, sent to you, and then, or maybe more than one photo, kind of a before-after photo to prove the point, but... um, Some people have said that in some cases apparently there's video that you can ask to watch to confirm and make sure it wasn't one of those weird exceptions like you were caught behind a school bus and you couldn't see the light or something like that. Is there going to be a video component of this that the public is going to be able to see?
1: Well, I don't know video. I do know that these systems have photographs. Some have video. Some have just photographs. Uh, I do know that we will at least have photographs. And when you're talking about running a red light, photographs tend to be more – uh, accurate because what we're looking for is that front bumper crossing over that stop bar, and it, the camera has to be placed in a position to where we can where we can see if there was a violation when that light turned red. So uh, we do know that the systems have that um, each and every one of these. Um, uh, these uh, offenses will be looked at by a police officer before citation is sent out. So it's not a, a system where a machine takes a picture and then sends you, automatically sends you a citation. It will be reviewed uh, by a police officer before, before any citations are issued.
0: And and I am assuming, and you, you, I know the mayor has said this many times, and you have said this many times as well, that the, you know there is a physical person at PPD that's going to be in between the camera and the recipient of the ticket. Um, and I assume they're going to be empowered with not just... You know, make sure that the camera got it right, but also empowered with discretion about cases that might justify an exception to be made. We're not going to be sending out, you know, we're not going to we're not trying to send tickets for things that people we can understand why they would have been caught. But we're trying to send tickets to people who really are violating the law.
1: Absolutely. I mean, there's there's some there's a story sometimes that, you know, where people there's an emergency or something like that. And we certainly uh, we certainly want to hear about
0: that if, if that's the case very good we always like to end with a uh, cop myth or a did you know do you have one for me this week
1: yeah i do and it was a question that i was asked a couple of weeks ago uh, well, in fact you were off so i saved it for today but they were asking <laughs> nice. if <Pensacola> police officers <laughs> yeah i don't want you to miss out uh they <laughs> were asking if Pensacola police officers are required to carry firearms off duty and the answer to that is no they are not required to but they most of them do uh, most of us do and because it's you, know, you never know when you may run into a situation to where you may need that. Uh, we're in plain clothes. We're driving our privately owned vehicles, and a lot of times things happen right there in front of us because the per- perpetrator, the suspects, have no idea that police are present. And if you're going to intervene, uh, which we are required to do on on felonies like that, um, then you, it would be it wouldn't be too smart to do that without being armed. So, uh, so the answer to that question is no, we're not required to, but most every one of us do. Um, you know, it's the same thing. Officers are trained from the get-go when they're rookies to when they're sitting in restaurants. They're going to have their backs to the wall. They're going to be looking at the at doorways, you know, on airplanes. A lot of us sit in the back so we can see everybody on the aircraft, things like that. we were just taught to do that are kind of automatic. So, um, so yes, most of us will be armed off duty.
0: You don't just turn your being a cop identity off because you're not wearing the badge and the, and the uniform. Um, it, it, I mean, obviously. You know, it, it, does, it does raise a just kind of my perspective on that is when I know I'm going to some event where, and all of events are going to have some kind of, you know, uniform police, of course. Uh, but if I'm going to an event where I happen to know that, you know, uh, Pensacola police or, you know, Santa Rosa sheriffs or Scambia sheriffs or, you know, GBPD or whoever, if I know there's going to be cops there, I instantly feel safer because I guarantee you <laughs> the, the only gun in that place is not going to be in the uniform, right?
1: That's correct. You're, you're right about
0: that. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I, I won't get into the details because I, I know it's not the kind of thing that you necessarily want to, you know, tell everybody the case about, um, but um, fair to assume that every once in a while somebody might even have more than one. <laughs> Is that also fair to assume? That's fair. That's fair. Because, <laughs> you know, c- cops cops plan for contingencies, and contingencies don't go away just because you're not wearing the uniform. So, uh, anyway, uh, Mike Wood, public information officer for the Pensacola Police Department. Sir, as always, a pleasure. Uh, Happy New Year. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you so much for the time and the good information. I appreciate you.
1: Thank you. Happy New Year. So-